Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you've found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do. But y'all, it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. In today's episode, we're going to discuss a common sticking point for many teachers and students. (laughs) Let me tell you. So teachers early on, when I very first, you know, I I dove into the research, I dove into my kids' classrooms, I was doing a lot of experimenting, I was reading all this stuff, trying activities. I started doing professional development with teachers. And so then teachers were coming out of the woodwork. They're like, okay, so you're you're kind of entertaining. It's, you know, we're, we're learning stuff. This is good. They started asking me for things. And one of the things they asked me for really early on was, okay, all right, Pam, next professional learning, we want you to teach us how to do rounding. And I was like, mm-hmm. huh? I I was like, how do you teach rounding? I don't know. It was so like, I, I, I had no idea what that even, because then they would say, I mean, it it so floored me in part because then they would say, well, yeah, like we've tried. And then they would list these things. And I was like, oh, not that. Because (laughs) they would list these crazy rules or colors, rhymes, directions, all the steps like I just, in the in the intro, I just said, rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. This was such a, because teachers would say, well, I've tried this one. Four or less, let it rest. Five or more, let it soar. Or one of them was four or less, let it rest. Five or more, up the score. Because, you know, like we're scoring things. One of them was five and above, give it a shove. <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> they were oh showing gosh. me things about, so you underline this number and you circle the one before. They had these they, these arrows to shove and they had like, or arrows to soar. I mean, I saw one with wings. I mean, Kim, it was all the, now I get it. I get it. If you are the teacher who learned math as fake math, and so it's all about steps and procedures, and you're going to help those kids learn those steps. Well, yeah. if it is, then you're going to try to make it fun and cute. And y'all, if you look at something about teaching math and it looks cute, may I just respectfully suggest 
it's an attempt to make fake math palatable. It's an attempt yeah. to make faith math rote memorizable. In other words, fake math, fake math alert. That's a fake math alert. Can we actually reason about relationships? So it's another time where I went up to you and I was like, um, Kim, how do you teach rounding? And you were like, duh, <laughs> you're always so cute. Cause you would just look at me like, well, you know, the, the only way that, that a sensible person would. And I'm like, okay, t- tell me, tell me what that, t- tell me what that way is. <laughs> tell me what that sensible way is. So Kim, I'm gonna let you fly. Tell me about rounding. Well, so just like we <laughs> talked about in last week's podcast episode, I found such power in when you shared the open number line with me. And um, I'm super grateful because while I was messing with numbers in my head, I didn't really have the best ways necessarily other than just talking at my students. I didn't have the the best ways to help help them visualize what was happening. I didn't have a great way of recording things that were happening. Really but, making wow. that thinking visible. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, when you came to me saying like, what about rounding? It was a natural thing for me to say, oh, you would, you would just put it on a number line because that's kind of where numbers are, right? Like I have this visual in my head of a number line now. And so numbers have relationship to each other. And so, you know, if you were to ask me like, say 53, if you were going to ask me, where does 53 fall in relation to other numbers? then I would sketch a number line. I would put 53 down. And it was an opportunity for me to say, where does 53 fall? Oh, it's three away from 50. And I would and you're asking a- You're asking students this, right? Well, I, I'm just telling you what I would do in my head. And then this, uh, okay. this Sorry. is kind of Sorry. the conversation I have with myself, but the same conversation I'd have with students. So if we're trying to figure out where 53 is and, and which 10 it's closest to, then the question is, how far away is it? So- the the first thing that I would share is that I think about which tens it falls between. And so 53 falls between 50 and 60. And so whichever one it's closest to is what it would round to. And so 53 is only three away from 50. So I'd make a jump of three backwards to get to 50. And then I would say, how far away is it from 60? And it's seven away. And so naturally it's closer to 50. Mm-hmm. And so it would round to 50. Nice. If you're yeah. rounding to the nearest 10. Right. So what if we round to the nearest 100? So if I, same thing, I would put 53 down on a piece of paper and I would say, oh, it's between zero and 100. What hundreds is it between? Yeah. Yeah. And so then I would say it's 53 away from zero and it's 47 away from, to, from 100. Mm-hmm. And so... 53 is closer to 100 than it is to zero. It's all about where it is on that number line. And, and as I modeled and as students got better with considering those numbers, I also found that their, um, their jumps on their number line got nicer, got uh, more in Precise. line with proportional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, more yeah. More, more reasonable, more... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. More real, realistic. Yeah. yeah. All those words. Um, you know, what's interesting, Kim, is as you're talking about this, I'm actually kind of acknowledging in my head that you're actually asking more of students in some ways Yeah. than, especially yes. if you're just like repeating this rote memorized rhyme, but you're actually asking him how far was 53 from 50 and how far was 53 from 60. Yes. And, and correspondingly, how far was 50 from zero, 53 yes. from zero, how far is it from a hundred? Well, bam, I have you need like those. Yeah. 
those partners are, you're actually asking students to figure out more than we typically do. You know, if you mm-hmm. just say, Hey, around to the nearest 10 students could just, you know, think about which one it's closer to, but not actually find the differences. And so mm-hmm. you're actually asking more. That's, that's, that's interesting. I think it's mm-hmm. a, sometimes teachers will say to me, you know, like, wait, you're really telling me not to spend six weeks on place value. And I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do this, do this work that we're suggesting. Because if you do like what Kim just suggested, y'all notice the place value that's coming out. It's not mm-hmm. just a bunch of rhymes about sh- what did I, I can't even remember shoving down, give it a shove, Ugh. let it soar. What it's not, it's not what rule, what rhyme to apply. No, no, no. It's like, we're, we're diving in. We're thinking about place value. What tens is this number closer to what hundreds is this number? In fact, I, we could get crazy and say around to the nearest thousand. Mm-hmm. Would you similarly then say 53 is, is what are the thousands yes. on either side? So yep. can you run us through that? What are, what are yeah, the thousands? So, so um, 53 comes between zero and a thousand. So there's it's only 53 away from zero. And it's going to be 947 away from a thousand. From 1,000. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at that extra work that she's doing. Isn't that brilliant, y'all? If we can get our students but, to start thinking that, that, go ahead. It's There's such a richness to number that I think sometimes we miss opportunities to give kids those experiences, right? We're ta- constantly talking about experiences. Here's, a, here's an opportunity for kids to get a really good feel for the richness of a thousand and, and where numbers fall. Yeah. And like you said, their, their placement on a number line gets better, gets more mm-hmm. efficient, gets more um, precise. Not that it, that's not what's important, but that what's important is the their sense, their perception, their yeah. intuition for number. And here's a brilliant way for us to save all that time that we're practicing the rhyme and it can they implement the rhyme and the rule and the color and all the things. And instead, we're diving into actually the relationships. I think this is such a good example of, like you just said, the experiences, the richness that we can just keep kids simmering in i'm just my mm-hmm. hands are kind of like like i'm stirring a pot like i'm we're just keep them going uh in, in thinking about real math all right so somebody out there is thinking about the fact that what i didn't give you was the number 50 oh, right or or yeah. the number 55 yeah and so like tell me tell me a little bit about um what do you do with like if, if it was instead of 53 what if it was 55 how do you know um, so if it was 55, then it's going to be 45 away from one of the tens and 55 away from the other 10. But what's really tricky for kids is when it is exactly in the middle. Well, and so what if I said 55 to the nearest 10? Oh, I thought we were back on 100. Sorry about yeah, that. So that, yeah, no, you're good. You're yeah, good. that's that's definitely um, an interesting conversation to have, right? I love this conversation because we get to talk about the fact that it's both five away from 50 and five away from 60. And so instead of your rhyme uh, about giving it a shove, it's a really nice chance for me to go, oh, wow, you're right. It is, it is exactly in the middle of 50 and 60. And, and like, it's an opportunity for conversation and for kids to go, well, like, I think that it's, it's, we should round down and I think we should round up and like context for when you would want it to be rounding down or rounding up. And then I get to share that piece of knowledge that's social that I say mathematicians have just decided that when it's right in the middle, then we round up. Yeah. When you said that we just decided you didn't mean just now, 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, they, yeah. they have, like they have decided for us. That is a thing. That is mm-hmm. a thing that mathematicians, and we have to make decisions uh, yep. sometimes like that. And so we call that social knowledge, like you said, and, and they just decided, but, but brilliant to have the conversation. And oh my gosh, I loved when you just talked about context, that there are co- times when the context determines if you're going to round up or down, right? Yeah. Like yeah. brilliantly. Uh, yeah. In fact, can you, can you, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you think of a context where you would not round 55 up or one that you would where, round Where I want it to round down? Yeah. When it's a bill I owe. <laughs> yeah, but you can't. I mean, you're <laughs> I still going to have to pay. Can you think of one where you actually would round down? I can. Um, I think, oh, I think go so. For it. Yeah, I, go help, for it. I'll I, think help me, help me, Help me fix it if this doesn't work because this is off the cuff here. Uh, so if I have, if I'm looking at purchasing something, uh, for $55, but I've only got 50. That's, I don't know. Help me fix it. Something like that where I'm like, mm, can't get that. Like, I'm not going to round up in that case. It's not 60. Yeah. It's close to the 50 I've got, but I, I can't, uh, it's not perfect. There's got to be a yeah. better, it's got it. Hmm. Well, y'all, you can tell we record this podcast say, we sh- live. We should have people send us in an opportunity. Oh, like let's do that. Yeah. You're like screaming at the, you're, you're all listening to this podcast. You're like, Pam, <laughs> obviously this one, here's a good example. Hey, send us your good examples of when you would naturally want to round down. Yeah. Or I need to round down. Yeah. Even though, even though it's five or above. Yeah. Uh, and so the rule is to round up, but, um, but yeah, you yeah. wouldn't. Oh, I know there's a few. I just can't think of what it is right now. All right. If you can think of one, the rest of the episode, that would be cool. Hey, um, You've talked to me a little bit about clothesline math and we've done some work with that. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So in, in a variety of grade levels, I have been in classrooms and have done a little work myself with the idea that when you're trying to build intuition about number and relation to other numbers, there's some really great activities where you have a clothesline that spreads across the room and you put like, say, say you give kids a card that has like seven or 10 or six or five or four. And you say, I'm going to put the zero and the 20 in uh, the beginning and the end of the clothesline. And kids come up and they place numbers where they think it would go on their clothesline number line. Mm-hmm. And then they place numbers in relation to each other. So like the 10 kid might come and put the 10 right in the middle. And then other kids place their numbers around it. And it just, as we were talking about rounding, it reminds me that those ideas about placing numbers in relation to each other are, are absolutely related to rounding because numbers are in relation to each other. <laughs> they're all relation. Yeah. yeah. And so you can, you can then say like, what if my number line went from zero to 10 or uh, whatever, whatever the, the numbers are mm-hmm. that you're going to change, but you give kids experiences coming up and moving numbers around and shifting so that they can see them uh, proximity to each other. Well, one of my favorite ways of doing that is let's say that you did your zero and 20. So you might say, okay, so here's zero and here's 20. And then you might give kids the number 30. Mm-hmm. And so if they had put zero and 20 at the two ends of the thing, they're going to have to move that 20 yeah. to be able to get the 30 on the end. And then you might give them a hundred. Uh-huh. And then they're going to have to shift that 20 and that 30 down in order to put the hundred on the end. And then you might give them 50 and then, and that might help you like kind of judge how the 20 and 30 are fitting with the 50. And then you can start talking about rounding in the midst of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So again, another really rich place where we get place value and relationship. And you could also drop 
rounding. I was kind of, I wanted to ask you about that because as we were talking about 53, I wonder if you put 53 on the, uh, and it doesn't have to really be a clothesline. It could be any kind of like uh, but rope or string or something. We've seen uh, teachers with really strong magnets and they sort of put the magnets uh, and then the string and then use index cards and yes. fold the index cards in half. And that's what you write. And then be really nice to laminate some of those index cards because then you can change the number. You don't have to like waste index cards. But if you did that with the 53, we could say, all right, y'all, here's 53. Put the tens that are closest to it. So then some kid goes up and puts 50 and somebody puts 60. And then we talk about how they do. And then, and then what you said, the differences, right? Mm-hmm. And then you could say, okay, so now I want to put the closest hundreds. Where are those? Well, whoa. Like depending on where they put that 50 and 60, they might have to squish those way in in order to get the zero and the hundred up there. And and then, you know, where should 53 be closer to the zero, the hundred? And like you said, and then if it's, if, if you are putting those magnets against a whiteboard, you can be actually drawing in those differences that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then you could say, okay, cool. Now we want to put it, where are the thousands? What thousands is it as close to? Well, phew, now you're like, like yeah. sucking all those in. So in order to get them in, and you might have to even take some off if they're not going to fit um, to get them into those closest thousands. And we sort of get this collapsing number line a little bit where, mm-hmm. where you're sort of zooming in and zooming out. And again, brilliant ways to help kids really uh, think and reason gain relationships. Yeah. 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 I like it. Hey, when you were telling me about rounding, there was a point you said something about easier. Yeah. And, uh, can you, can you say a little bit more about that? Sure. So when you have a number like 53 that you're going to put on the number line, I think it's a whole lot easier for kids to say, well, I know that it's 53 away from zero. So going, going to the lesser 10, the lesser hundred, um, it's easier for them to say it's only 53 away, but finding the greater hundred or the greater 10 requires a little bit of additional subtraction, right? It's, it's a little bit more thinking involved to find that greater number, which I think is why I did it. We, anytime we get a chance to do a little bit extra in there. But, and, and maybe let's get specific. So if I said round to the nearest hundred okay, with 53, you're like, mm-hmm. well, duh, 53 is 53 away from zero. Yep. But in order to tell how far away 53 was from 100. Yeah. Can do you a little work. Use, yeah, it'd do a little work. And if you know, if you if you've played I Have You Need, you could be like, well, that's gotta be 47. Yeah. There's that that partner. So you're saying yep. it's the the when you said the lesser is easier. <laughs> yeah. So like if I said 53 but round to the nearest thousand. Yep. So, so zero. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Zero is only 53 away. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of work there. There's not a lot of <laughs> uh, there's not a, it's it's just it's that far and, away from zero. But to yep. get to the thousand. The, the number, the 10 or hundred that's or thousand that's greater, then there's definitely some thinking involved. It's, you have to figure out that it's 947 away. I wonder if that's when I have you need was born. <laughs> I, I wonder know. if you were doing rounding and you said to yourself, man, these guys need that relate. They don't own these. They need those. Let's see. Mm, that's what a great I question. Do? I don't know. We might have just discovered the birthplace of I have you. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> so y'all, when you're rounding, don't just round. Like do it as a part of the rich experience of helping students really learn all of these numerical relationships that will keep them in good stead, that will serve them so well with everything uh, else that we're doing. So 
Thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.